Hi, you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm joined by my amazing assistant, Olivia Heyman. Hey, what's up? Today, we are talking about keeping your zest, healthy personal identity in marriage. Marriage is so key for fulfillment. Obviously, we love the topic. We exhausted here, but we want to make sure that not only is your marriage amazing, but that you are personally fulfilled because you can't control your spouse. And you also want to make sure that you bring a great and healthy vibrance and lifeblood to your spouse and to your marriage. So make sure you're taking care of yourselves and that you guys are on your best ever. Yes, absolutely. I know you get to meet with so many different couples, so I'm very interested to see what all we're going to talk about today. Yes, today we're talking about making sure that we look at how we're listening in our marriages so that we're making sure we're enthusiastic and that we're supportive despite whatever personality type we are. We're going to talk about self-care, and we're going to talk about if you guys need extra support. I am opening up my cart for that as well, so I'm excited about that. But first, let's talk about listening in marriage because we all know... And you've heard this probably at the beginning of your marriage, reflective listening is important. Although it can sound like somebody parroting back, we want to make sure that we're letting our spouses know that we're hearing them. So that's just one way of doing it. And everyone's mostly heard about that. But what else can we do to show our families and our spouses that we're really listening in and leaning in? Because like I said, whatever type you are, you obviously want to be heard. It's not just nines that want to have a voice. Every single type wants to have a voice. So when you're trying to be vibrant in a conversation, what are some things, just think about it for a minute with me, that you are trying to make sure you're doing? When your spouse arrives home or you arrive home from work or your family member, what is a way that you show them that you care and that you're interested? And I bet a lot of you, as you're thinking, are probably feeling a little guilty at this point because modern culture, what are we all doing when we're at home? It's usually me, 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 trying Mm -hmm. to get ourselves Um, I don't want to say fed, but kind of like putting ourselves first is Mm -hmm. immediately what I think of because I know social media kind of makes that very (laughs) obvious. Very attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. They they kind of make it almost feel like this is how it should be. It should be all about you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's maybe where the disconnect comes in. Me too. And I think that that's a great point that usually you're just spinning and focused in on whatever you're doing. So they come in and it feels like an interruption. We can't always be in yoga poses going, okay, I'm ready for you now. I've just prepared my heart for you to come in, walk through the door. It's sometimes they just interrupt you and you're doing something for yourself. You may be helping a child. You may be on the phone with a work call. It doesn't have to be just about you. But the point is you're not probably ready and in a stance of accepting and receiving and listening when you're greeting your spouse. But what I want to tell you is the start and stop behaviors in marriage are so important. And when I say start and stop, I mean when you first start to be together and when you're leaving one another. That meet and greet time is very important. So maybe you're not going the full nine yards and you're not doing the reflective listening where you're parroting back everything that you just heard. But let's just start with this awesome technique. It's so simple of putting the phone down, of just putting it down and looking at your spouse 
and giving a nonverbal that you are paying attention and that you are engaged in what they're saying. And sometimes that even means extending a physical greeting. I know so many people, and I've seen the research, touch can be so healing. So sometimes you really say, I'm not a verbal person. I have a sore throat. My spouse knows that I don't have many words. Whatever that is, I want you to think about the greeting itself versus just the words. It could be the smile on your face. It could be the hug you give that it's five seconds instead of one. Could be a kiss on the lips when you're used to on the cheek. Let your spouse know that you're leaning in and interested in them as you meet and greet with them on every possible level you can and whenever you are at home together or at work. So I actually know a lot of younger couples that their main gripe with their husbands specifically is that they don't put the phone down when they're talking to them. And then they're like, you know, trying to get an answer. And they're like, you know, did you hear what I said? And they're like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. And they're, they're uh uh-huhing the entire time that their spouse is talking. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to the spouse is done talking and they're waiting for an answer, nothing comes out because they've been looking at their phone the whole time. And it's this weird thing of they're like, They're acting as if they're hearing you, but they didn't hear anything that you said. And so then you have to repeat yourself, which only leads to frustration from the spouse that's been talking. And so I think it's hilarious because I everybody knows that they do it. And even when the spouse brings it up to the husband, they're or sorry, the wife brings it up to the husband, they're like, Yeah literally I like I knew you were standing there and I heard you talking but it wasn't translating for me because I was just on my phone like working or doing something so I think putting down the phone is huge for those millennial couples especially yes I do too and it really can hit any era honestly I see a lot of even older couples with the instinct to go to video games on the phone. The golf game has been a huge one for whatever reason. I also want to say that video games just on your PS4 or other devices on your TV or the football game, I hear that too. And it's not just guys, it's also personality types. I hear from a lot of spouses of threes that they are really having a hard time putting things down. And I'm thinking two sevens because I've done that myself. And one of the things that I want to recommend if you're stuck in one of those aggressive or assertive stances, which we'll talk more about in our next show, but where you are wanting to be on a lot and you're a future thinker and it's hard to just sit in the present, I want to remind you that it's okay to be honest about that. And that's actually a very helpful place you can talk to your spouse from is to be honest and say, here, here's where I'm at. I'm anxious or I'm overloaded. I I feel like I need this in front of me so that I can kind of wind down from my day. That just does so much for them versus I don't like you. I'm not interested in what you're saying. And it also puts a little bit of a let's talk about this later because I'm winding down on it. And I've actually had threes tell me, hey, I need to bring my phone to the table. And I really love it when we get candid and we just get raw versus me just spouting off these tips because it's like, that's not reality. You can tell me all day long to put my phone down at the table. But to be honest, it's such a crutch for me that I'm going to bring it anyway. And I really want my clients and everybody to be honest about where they're at so we can be scientists of right then and there in that moment. And sometimes what we've come up with is they're going to use that phone to lead a cool family devotional together where they've got it out and they're going to quiz their family on trivia. So all of a sudden, because they get to have that device and they're in control and they feel safer, people are opening up, including them. And it doesn't mean just because somebody's on that device, by the way, 
that they're doing something illicit. It could just be a coping strategy. So as much as I'm saying on the one hand, I want you to put things down, I want you to meet and greet, that's more of a one minute thing. When you're actually having a longer term conversation, the ideal is that you would put it down and even keep it in a different room or upstairs sometimes. But I really, for your listening, want you to work with what you've got in front of you. So if you are that three who's saying, I'm waiting for a call from my boss, or this is imperative that I play this golf game while we're talking, if you can genuinely, like some nines I know, be in two places at once and do both, your spouse might not mind. They may be a very efficient one who says, look, you're doing both things well and I'm happy with you because I love that you're paying a bill while you're talking to me. But if they are being hurt, I want you to check in. I want you to see where they're at because that's a really cool but sticky situation that Olivia brought up that we're seeing with especially millennials, but sometimes the older couples too. I think it's so funny that you mentioned older couples because as soon as you said that, and I know I've talked about her a lot the last couple episodes, but my mom is constantly on her Kindle playing the, um, what is that? It's a card game. It's like, mm. you're like matching them or so. I don't know what the game okay, is called. Solitaire, but, but yes, that's okay. what it's called. Yeah. And um, she's constantly playing that and that's how she winds down. Mm-hmm. But I'll be trying to talk to her and I'll be like, okay, put that down because I feel like you're not listening to me. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll even be like, okay, I'm about to tell you a long story. So put the solitaire down because mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. and not in a mean way, but a, mm-hmm. I want to make sure you're listening to me way. Mm-hmm. But also I know that I can sit there and be like, hey, you know, this happened, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? And while she's doing that, she's processing what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but it's almost like it's giving her some sort of weird processing superpower <laughs> to be actually like, doing something with her hands and her mind while she's figuring out an answer for me. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, like you were saying, it can actually be a good thing for them to kind of have that, that thing that, Almost not a crutch, but it's like it's helping them in it's moving helping forward. Them. It's a self-soothing yeah. strategy, just like somebody's blanket or whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really yeah. like, please don't take it from them if you want them to not lash out at you, especially we think of threes going harsh. And I've just really learned to work with people over the years that you really have to do that. And fives is another one. We know they get overwhelmed sometimes by the environment. We know sevens are, there's a lot going on in the brain at once. Some of my seven friends like to crochet. I like to braid my daughter's hair. I like to do extensive braids. It's very calming. I like to, I told my son yesterday, we were on a walk. I said, I'm such a better mom when I'm in movement with you. So if you want to take a walk with me, that would be a wonderful time. He loves to talk. He's a six and he loves to share his life every little bit with me. So I'm like, let's go on a walk. I'm all yours. And then he is actually, he tends toward his nine side. So he's in sloth a lot. So if I say like, do you, it's a gorgeous day out. Do you want to do anything? And he's like, no. And then I'm like, okay, well, if you want some time together, how about we both merge? How about I will get talking with you, you will get moving with me, and we meet in the middle. So it's really fun for you to be able to say, where do you live in this terms of how you socially connect? Where do I live? And how can we merge with as least friction as possible as we're thinking about all of this? Yes. Oh, man, I do. I think it's so funny that your son is like that. He is hilarious and such a big personality and a little body. He cracks me up. He is. He's doing his science fair soon on, of course, weaponry. <laughs> I I don't know how a six would bring that in, but they love their protection and they love their security. And one of his high points, I didn't even know what his personality type was a long time ago. He's only seven years old now. And so, you know, I'm holding this lightly, but it was so cute because I said, what is your, um, what is going to give you the most security? What will make you feel secure? Because he fought, he had so many like fake weapons, like lightsabers. And I said, how many more is it going to take for you to feel safe? And he goes, 
just one more. And I was like, that is the key answer for all sixes. Just one more thing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was gosh. so cute. So now he's doing his um, science fair project on his slingshot and so how far he can hit things with it. And it's just so cute. So we meet in the middle and I love listening to him, but I have to find my groove in order to calm my busy spirit. And I think that my husband has to do it as a one in a different way. And I told you guys in another episode that he goes to his nine place. When he goes to his nine place, you can talk to a one about almost anything because they are so good at just being peaceful and just gelling and and laying down and relaxing. But you can't just approach them at any time and expect to get the same reward. You have to look at the nonverbals when you're approaching your spouse. But this whole episode is about energizing your relationships, energizing your marriage and getting self-care. So if you happen to find a time when you are really trying hard and working at it and giving all your energy out to your spouse and they're not giving anything back, you're trying to balance out your subtype, you're going through everything to think, I think I'm at my healthiest. Why aren't they giving back and doing? It's really important that you do look at your self-care pieces because right then and there, you might be in a season or even just a short season of a couple of hours or a day where your spouse is not in the place of health with you. And so you can't expect them to solve and meet all of your needs. This is the place where people get codependent and start to control and get ugly with their communication and say, I told you to put the phone down. I told you to do this and you wouldn't. Olivia's situation is nice because your mom respects and loves you and the same goes from you. So if she had said to you, I don't want to do that right now because I need it, you'd be like, oh, you need that to process. You're anxious. You're a five. Go ahead as long as you're able to listen to me, right? Right. Yeah. And I've even told her, I'm like, you know, if she's not responding right away, sometimes I'm like, hello, did you hear me? <laughs> yeah. And she'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, if you can't do both things at once, then put the game down. Yeah. So <laughs> Which you're may just be a little intuitive. <laughs> but I'm just like, no, because I don't want to sit here and like spin my wheels if you're not listening to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where maybe your spouse does need to be texting someone else while they're listening to you because they're feeling more efficient or something because sometimes you can't listen when you feel like you have a hundred more things you have to do. Mm-hmm. That's true. And sometimes my spouse will be like that with me when I am talking to him and he's doing a patient chart at night and he's had to bring work home. And I'll say actually as a check-in, you know what? This is so no biggie. So if you need me to not tell you I don't even need to right now. And that's me saying, I can get self-care. I'm not going to be codependent on you. And most of the time he says, no, this is great. You know, this is very relaxing. What I'm doing is just checking boxes right here. He's efficient. I'm not worried about him not doing his job well. That's the last thing I'd worry about with him being a one. But if he tells me he's open to that, yes. And if I see that he's in his angst or instinct for anger, then I'm not going to go there and start pushing. And I think that's so important is that if you would have seen your mom in that moment, Olivia, of she's giving you the nonverbals that she's really upset, which is very unlikely as a five that she would do that. (laughs) And that's what's key about that conversation is she's doing this with a five who's a very person who's thinking very hard too. So Mm -hmm. it's two people in the thinking triad. So that really gives you an advantage to understanding each other. So she can say, oh, she's needing my attention right now. That's fine. But if you were to have that same line with a two or a nine, you might get a very different response. A nine might be very sensitive. Nines are often very sensitive and they don't often feel heard. So if you demanded to be heard by a nine, they may say, I'm sorry, but you don't hear me the way I need to be heard. So I'm going stubborn here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, and that is so key to keep in mind who you're talking to Mm -hmm. and how the conversation is 
being brought up, I guess. And that's kind of goes back to what you were saying. If you feel like you're kind of sensing a vibe from them that it's mm-hmm. like not time to chat, then mm-hmm. take that into account and don't be selfish to where you're like, but my thing is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, take that into account and make sure that you're not going to um, exacerbate something that they're dealing with as well as much as you want to be heard. Oh my gosh, that's so everything. And it's really important that you listen to the next episode too about stances because some people are thinking, I need it now. I'm in the aggressive stance. I have to have it. And boy, have I seen tragedies come through chasing. From my counseling and coaching practice, I have seen marriages ruined by people chasing each other around. And I've seen marriages ruined by people just totally distancing. So the key is balance. And I really cannot say that enough that you have to get a hold of yourself and get self-care in those moments of angst when you're just feeling unloved, unheard. You've done everything you can. You've not only done the meet and greets and said, I love yous when you're off the phone or saying goodbye. And you've not only tried to pay attention to the nonverbal and put your phones down or merge with your devices, however you're going to do that, but your spouse has not responded to any of that, and now you're going to go into your stance and either let go of them completely distancing or being aggressive. You know, we really want you to pay attention right here to jump into self-care. And I have to do that sometimes with my spouse. Like I said, if I do hit him in a moment where he's not available, that moment usually comes in the mornings for us because he loves his morning breakfast, but he loves them quiet. And I'd rather have a time to myself doing my research in five mode or talking a lot. So it's very interesting because we work together because those breakfasts are so important to us, but it's very hard sometimes. And sometimes he even has to say, I think it's a good time for you to go take your jog because then I get to go and like enjoy my nature where I love it so much. That is so savage. (laughs) I think it's time for you to go on a jog. Yes, it is so (laughs) funny, but like I'm always wanting my jog. So it's not, it's usually that I'm like, Ooh, do you want breakfast or do you mind if I go for my jog? So it's like I've already got my shoes on. I've already got my leggings on. I've got things ready to go. And I'm waiting there just because I know he wants breakfast together. So if he's like, I think, go for the jog, I'm like, bye. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's great. I have all that extra energy in the morning as a seven. And I've learned over the years not to do the five milers, as I've said, because for my body type, that's not going to work for a sustenance for my day. So it's usually a couple miles. I'll come home and we have our nice conversations and listening. And did you notice that self-care right there? Because he wasn't ready for it. And I'm not saying I'm a bad person because I would rather be by myself or chat. And I'm not saying he's a bad person because he'd like to be together and talk and not talk. Right. Yeah. You guys are able to respect each other for where you're at. And thankfully, you guys have been married for such a long time that you understand Mm -hmm. that like even him saying, I think you should just go ahead and go for your jog. He's not doing that to be spiteful or rude. He's doing it to say, I know that you need this Mm -hmm. and I value you and your sanity enough that Mm -hmm. you go do what you need to do. My thing can wait. And that's just a respect thing. (laughs) And it is. And we have fun. And totally. And we joke about it too, where we can now, in the first year of marriage, sometimes you just get so sensitive or the first year of dating where you're thinking, I can't believe they hurt my feelings. And not that those moments don't come once in a while, but it's a lot more grace that you give to each other over the years because you realize 
this person doesn't work if they have their coffee before their conversation, or this person needs to get that jog in before they're going to have their mind straight together. So it really blesses each other when you recognize the self-care needs of each in your listening process is listening for the nonverbals, listening for those subtypes and what the needs are. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to know your personality and your spouse's personality too, because knowing my one, a lot of the time he may not want to chat, but he may want to do a Bible study in the morning, and he may want to listen to a Dave Ramsey financial talk in the morning, and I'm thinking, okay, the critical inner voice is already going. He's already needing to be reminded, and he feels bad that he's not doing something already, and so I'm going to join him in this, or I'm going to go take my jog, or I'm going to go back to bed and tell him I need my beauty sleep. And he loves that because he's a one. So he's like, ooh, we're getting nearer to perfection with that sleep. It works together because we understand each other and we respect each other, like you said, Olivia. But the self-care, make sure you don't go overboard with it because self-care can turn right into selfishness. And I'm sure we all can think of days or moments where you felt your spouse, I'm not going to say you, but that your spouse was taking self-care to an extreme. And maybe they joined a karate class or a writer's group or one of those gyms that demand a lot of time and attention. I'm trying to think of one of them that demands a lot of time and attention. Gold's Gym. Okay, Gold's Probably. Gym. I don't yes, know. Something like that, that or like a... I think of bodybuilders when I think of Gold's Gym. Yeah, like a a boxing type Mm -hmm. gym or something like that or Mm -hmm. a gym where you guys all kind of go together for a class and it's like a team type Mm -hmm. situation. There's a lot of those out there and people really need to realize that as much as you might need that and you and your spouse know, sometimes you feel like my spouse is being over the top and I don't know what to say or to do. And those are the moments where you need to give some grace because you can't control and you can't chase. But you also need to realize this is not something I can control. And my spouse is a human being who's different from me. And sometimes their self-care is going to be a little over the top. And sometimes it's going to be something we need to talk about. But sometimes it's just going to be something that is just par for the course. Like I do it too. And we both tag team. So if you can do your self-care together, that's what so many marriage experts really lean into. And I think once we've become more familiar with Enneagram as a culture, We've learned that not everybody needs to do everything together, but some do. And if you're in your triads together, you might even say, no, we love doing it all together. What were you going to say about that, Olivia? Yeah, I think it's so funny because we still have our we. Mm-hmm. And so even though it like probably shouldn't even be working at this stage, um, we actually all enjoy getting together and playing we. And it's mm-hmm. something where we can do um, like my mom and sister love golf, right? Mm -hmm. So even though I'm like, I might enjoy tennis more, I'll do golf. And we're all able to enjoy it because maybe one's enjoying learning more about the precision of it. And Mm -hmm. the other is like, I'm fine just bouncing around and doing, you know, work and playing with you guys and kind of having that community time. And the other is like, this is how I get my my like aggressions out or like this is how I enjoy <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about <laughs> yes I love it um or I'm like no I just enjoy like yelling at the tv as a joke or like messing with everybody and being like oh my gosh nice swing you know like yes. we're all able to have fun but it's something where it is self-care because you're taking time to you know do sort of like a physical activity, but you're creating the community as well in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So if maybe your family can all get gym memberships or um, maybe you guys, I know some families that like to do like monthly 5Ks. 
Mm-hmm. And they'll just kind of all run together with their kids and strollers and they just have fun. So mm-hmm. I think that's actually a really nice way to kind of pull it all together. Me too. And I love that we've learned some are like that, like Olivia's family, where they're like, we're going to do this together and we're going to find our way. But I remember feeling guilty that I didn't want to do that and that Wes didn't want to do that all the time after I'd read some of the books that suggested every bit of recreational time needed to be together. And I still do believe that, especially for men, recreational time is very important together. And I'm an assertive female. So for me, I enjoy some of that too. But it really doesn't have to be with my spouse because I love chatting when I get back, as long as I've had my jog first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had the best run. This is what I where I went. This is what I listened to. Or this is what I'm learning from God. And I went skiing. And that's something that I love doing and I don't need my spouse there for that. But if you can imagine if I joined a ski team and I started fraternizing with a bunch of ski instructors, my husband would probably be pretty alarmed and rightfully so. And that's what I really want to get at with you guys when I say for those who are like us and you're not necessarily in the heart triad where you're really needing to be together all the time or you're not a six where that might even be preferred just because you are the loyalist. I want you to really keep in mind that you don't start developing these opposite sex friendships that are too intense with others, because we know that's where a lot of affairs start is the gym. And of course, the key word is we're just friends. And so you want your spouse to be your BFF. You want them to be your lover. You want to be balanced. But you really, when you take your self-care, because maybe like we said, they're in that spirit of just not wanting to be a good friend to you or a good listener. You don't have to take it so far as to just say, I'm starting a new club and you're not in it, you can say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take that moment to do something I love and to do some self-care, but I'm not going to get so far into my self-care that I have forgotten you or developed a relationship with somebody else. And let me tell you, one of the most hard moments that people do this is when they've been betrayed by a spouse and now they're getting self-care all of a sudden it becomes really tempting instead of working it out with their spouse like they want to, they say, I'm going to get a new friend of the opposite sex because that's going to make me feel better and fulfilled. And it's usually a vicious circle. And it's usually that the person they're connecting with has also been wounded and hurt. And then one or both of them decides to go back to their spouses. And now they have two healing journeys to go on. So it becomes complex, way better. Trust me for all of you if you just take the self-care all by yourself or with a girlfriend if you're a girl or with one of your buds if you're a guy. Yeah, I mean, even I know you like to go get your nails done with your girls sometimes, and that's probably a nice form of self-care for you where you can relax and you literally cannot do anything because your hands are tied up or your feet are tied up and you're just like, you know what, this is making me have to relax. And it's something where you're still around other people, but you're maybe not having to output as much Mm. because it is a relaxing time. And yeah, you can talk to the person doing your nails and whatever, but you're not forced to have to do all this stuff. And also might be a good option to find something like that if you are someone that would maybe be more prone to um, looking elsewhere for relationship from the opposite sex. So Mm. I don't know. I just thought of that might be kind of a a good idea to keep it public so that way there's no... um, pull for those certain types of things. I love that because that really speaks to those in the social subtype too, where they're thinking, but I want to do things and I don't want to just be by myself. And it's like, well, one of my friends who's a two joined a book club and she coaches a high school team of runners. So it's really fun for her to be able to have these outlets that maybe or maybe not are shared in that season, but definitely that are intriguing and interesting to her. And let me put it this way, especially if you're a two, 
and I've said this before about twos, you want to have something for your spouse to come back to and hear about. So even if you love being together 90% of the time, let's give it that 10% of time where you come back with your own and you remember the end of your journey, it's you and God. So your spouse is a part of it, but we've heard in scripture and we can think this through ourselves. You know, you're not going to be married past eternity. So make sure that you're really focusing in on your spiritual, emotional, and physical self-care every single day. And as part of the journey, just to briefly go over those, make sure that you're not doing what I was doing at one point of overdoing in those, but saying, I will, even if it's five minutes a day, spend time with God listening. Or even if it's just one worship song, that's my spiritual journey for the day. So many people get caught into all or nothing there. If it's five minutes for sit-ups and push-ups or whatever your form of squats are, some people I know one of my clients likes to do squats every time she goes to the bathroom. And that's a lot because she's had kids. So it's a really fun way for her to get those glutes and, and core and everything just quads in place and burning. And it's a great practice. And that's what, five, 10 minutes a day. And then also, as far as your physical self-care, I do want to remind you, sometimes it's that micro nap. It's not necessarily that today is going to be the day where you work out. It might be just several glasses of water. And so really be open-minded to that. And then emotional self-care, sometimes it's going to be that you're so busy that it's just a car conversation with somebody or some memes you're texting to a dear friend. But sometimes you're going to have days or weekends even where you get to go away emotionally with your spouse or a friend and really just pour into one another and get some cool one-to-one. So I think that's really awesome that we can get self-care even when our spouses are so beyond us and we're just not able to give to them or vice versa. And I want to remind that I said this in a prior episode, but there are even years where your spouse might not be able to give much to you. And when my mom had her stroke, she was about 60 years old. And my mom and dad had a marriage for another 12 years. And it was really beautiful marriage that my dad missed every day that he lived past her. Um, and he said, oh my gosh, she was my Elizabeth Taylor. She was my everything. And I lived and died for that woman. And he took care of her 95 to maybe even 99% to her 5, 10, 1% back. So just be aware that marriage is a journey and you're on it together and it is not tit for tat. And it makes me really sad when I hear people say, I want it to be 50-50. And I'm just like, honestly, it isn't. If you want marriage to be 50-50, you're not in it for the right reasons. You need to be able to say, I'll take care of myself. I'll take care of my purposes. I'll love my spouse, whatever that may look like. And some days you're going to give 80% and some days you're going to give 20. So don't ever get so cocky that you think you're God, that you think you can do it all and give it all because you never know. And my mom had carried my dad prior to that for most of their marriage. So she wouldn't have expected that. But boy, when she passed, everybody at the funeral said, I've never seen anyone take care of someone and love somebody so well as your father with your mother. I've never seen a romance like that in my life. And of course, my siblings and I were thinking, if you had seen my mom carry him for the first 30 or 40 years, you would have known what that was from. And it wasn't against him. It was just a beautiful picture and a beautiful ending. So make sure you run your course well and hard and long. And if you want to do that well, and you're feeling like we are burning out, we are way, way, way behind. We are not able to pass the baton. I don't know how to get self-care. We're so up in arms because one of us had an affair or both of us, or we're just really in bad conflict and we are chasing each other around and screaming and calling each other names. 
this is not okay. I don't want you to be stuck there. I want you to know there's hope for you. There is back to self-control for you. There's learning, there's balance. And I'm opening up my cart for a course that we are so excited about. And I only can open up every so often because I have to make sure I'm honoring to the relationships that I've built before with my coaching. So it's time for us to really start this journey again. So we're so excited and we want to direct you to it. The course is called Just My Type, and it's all about energizing your marriage relationship and your relationship journey, even just you. And we have information about it on our websites. Yes, you can find it at reflectionscdc.com, or you can also go to our Instagram page and you'll have um, the link there in the bio for you to easily find. Yes. So please pass this on to a friend if you are doing amazing, but you know somebody who could use it. There's individual time with me where you get one-on-one coaching or for couples that it's you guys and me and it's through zoom or phone if you're not local to florida and then we also want you to know there's an awesome component that you can do even when i'm not there which is all online so you can listen together or on your own and very key clear things for you to do and to try and i've got a couple of decades of marriage research my master's degree and bachelor's degrees in marriage and communication and psychology so you're really getting a lot of research info and a lot of experience with working with couples for all of that time as well as being married all of that time. So if you want that system from uh, somebody who lives a lot in type five mode of research, this is the course for you. And I am so excited to join you on the journey. Yes, it's going to be so awesome. And the information that you're giving out is incredible. And I know so many people who, when I'm scheduling appointments, they're like, oh, I just loved working with Krista. She's so great. I want to come back and see her. Or Mm -hmm. she really gave me helpful tools that helped push me forward instead of pulling me back into traumas. So I am really excited to see what people are going to say and for marriages to be re-energized because especially as we're starting the new decade, Mm -hmm. this is better time than any to get re-energized. Yay. Awesome. And it's of course full of Enneagram work. So if you want more Enneagram info, this is where it's at. And just like we said, go to reflectionscc.com or enneagramandmarriage.com or Instagram page. We'll see you soon. 